Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I want to talk to you about, well, about Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and then chapter 15. Now, chapter 15 in the Gospel of Luke is really all about um, the lost, God finding the lost, God having the lost come back to him. Um, we have actually three parables here, and uh, one being the lost sheep, where the shepherd goes out and finds them, which, you know, that's a that's kind of a thing with Jesus, where Jesus is trying to, you know, bring bring all the lost sheep in. The lost coin, again, the lady searches her house till she finds it, and again, um, this is kind of you know, the idea here that uh, the Lord, again, is looking for what's been lost, you know. And then the prodigal son, the prodigal son is a little different. Now, it, it takes up probably the biggest chunk of the chapter, the rest of the chapter. And it's different in that it has a more detailed look, and it's about repentance and the fact that Sometimes we just walk away from God. We just take what we want and we just leave. We're done. You know, I, I've seen a thing where a guy said, you know, he was a Christian. He he became an atheist and then he came back to being a Christian again. I mean, that that can happen. That does happen. People have moments and times of uh, duress and times of, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Your faith. Um, you're having a uh, trial, a test of faith. A uh, you know, you're going through a really rough time, and it really, you know, it makes you uh, it makes you a little doubtful. It makes you question your faith, and uh, you know, it kind of makes you. Sometimes it makes you question God. I I understand that that happens to all of us at some time. That has happened to me. At times in my life, um, especially, well, anyway, anyway, especially a time when I was young, that hap uh, you know, that kind of thing came up, and you know, it makes you wonder a lot about things sometimes. Now, in the case of the prodigal son, though, that's a little different in that he doesn't really, he doesn't really appear to have any special reason. Um, maybe he's just attracted to the world. Matter of fact, if we read this, that's probably what it is. Um, let's. Uh, it's in Luke 15. It's uh, verse 11 through. If you read the whole thing through 32, let's read the first little bit here. Um, now this is Jesus telling the parable. Okay. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them inappropriately said to his father, now I am reading from the Amplified Bible, and it has this word inappropriately there. So I think there's a connotation that he was doing this in not, not the most polite and loving way. Um, said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So he decided the estate between them, his two sons, a few days later, the younger man gathered together everything that he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he wasted his fortune in reckless and immoral living. 
So, I think that answers my question or my thought. Um, he was. He was attracted to the things of the world. He wanted his money so he could just go out and party down. That's the way we would have said it. Let's just go. Let's just go party. Let's go have a good time. Well, my experience with that is that it's really not that good of a time. But, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, some people really get into it. But nonetheless, it's not really that good of a time. But, um, even if you enjoy that, I mean, are you going to waste your whole life and wealth and, and everything else on that? And, and your health, really. But nonetheless, so uh, this guy, he wasted his fortune in reckless and immoral living. Now when he had spent everything, notice it's when he had spent everything, of course, he's down to nothing. A severe famine occurred in that country and he began to do without and be in need. So he went and forced himself on one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. So he forced himself on one of the... That just reads as really weird. He forced himself. So it's like he, he said, Look, you've got to let me do something for you, and you've got to you know, help me out, so you, you know, you'll pay me or do something. But, I, but it doesn't sound like this really worked out for him, though, even though he did that. And, and notice in the feed pigs. Now, to the Jews, pigs were terribly ceremonial, unclean, awful animals. You just didn't want to associate with them. So the fact that he was even feeding them would be a gross, disgusting thing to the Jews. Like, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to compare it to any modern day job because people actually do those jobs and we need those people. So I don't want to be insulting. Okay. Moving along, though, just think of a disgusting job that you would not want to do. So, <clears throat> he would have gladly eaten the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger and no one was giving anything to him. So, he would have gladly eaten what he was feeding the pigs. It says, but it would not satisfy his hunger. I, I don't know about that. but and, and no one was giving anything to him. So, no one was giving him anything to eat or whatever. So, but when he finally came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough food while I am dying here of hunger? So, he comes to his senses finally and he realizes that He's, you know, maybe he's finally coming to his senses saying, I've made a huge mistake. This was really dumb. And now, you know, if I could just go back and just be a hired hand, I would have more than I have now. I will get up and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. That would have been a blessing to him right there, just to go back and be able to work and have enough food to eat. So he was just, you know, his, his hopes were just that he could get that, just get that much. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now this is a representation of God. God is looking for us to come back to Him. He really is. He wants us to come back to Him when we <clears throat> when we stray off like that. Whether it be that we're tempted and lured off by the world or whatever reason we may have. 
He's looking for us to come back to him. And when we do, this is a representation of his love for us and how he welcomes us back and how he wants us back. You know, you know, his father saw him, was moved with compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. He really loves us that much. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly bring out the best robe uh, for the guest of honor and put it on him and give him a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet. This was to show that he was restored. He was restored as a son. Now it doesn't mean that he got all his property and money and all that back. He wasted all that. So everything now was the other sons, if you understand how that went. So, But he's restored as a son anyway. He's still restored as a son. You know, you kind of, you, you kind of have to understand that this was the situation that he had put himself in. But his father was accepting him back and restoring him to being a son, and that's how God welcomes us back and uh, restores us to being one of His children. And bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let us invite everyone and feast. Oh, let us invite everyone, yeah, and feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was as good as dead and is alive again. He was lost and has been found. So they began to celebrate. And that's the way God treats us. He welcomes us home. He celebrates our return. He loves us, he accepts us, and, and restores us back to being his child. Now his older son, the other son, and you might say the good son, was in the field, and when he returned and approached the house, he heard music and dancing, so he summoned one of the servants and began asking what this celebration meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the elder brother became angry and deeply resentful and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he said to his father, Look, these many years I have served you and I have never neglected or disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me so much as a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this other son of yours arrives, who has devoured your estate with immoral women, you slaughtered that fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. See, everything that's there, everything remaining, that's this son's. He gave the younger son his stuff, so he's that's all gone. All Everything here is this son's. You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was as good as dead, and he has begun to live. He was lost and has been found. So, he's just, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't feel jealous or, or feel badly towards anyone. We should always celebrate when someone comes to God, comes back to God, or comes to God for the first time. I don't care if it's their hundredth time. We should celebrate and be glad and be happy for them. Hopefully it's not their hundredth time. I know, that's a lot. But nonetheless, um, we should be very happy and very pleased and and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't get jealous or perhaps angry as this son did and realize that, uh, you know, if you've not 
you know, if you've not been through that, if you've not done that, or you've walked away, you still have, you still have all the blessings that you've, that you've always had, that you've always accrued. You still have all of that. But we should celebrate for that new person, that new Christian, or that new returning Christian, and just think of the blessings that they're going to to start accruing again that they're going to start getting and not think about it in a bad way it's a great thing it's a wonderful thing um, but they are starting over I mean you have to realize they are starting over in there they're they're going to need to you know they're going to need to work on themselves you know um, it depends on how bad I guess they were if they you know and why maybe they slipped in some unbelief or wandered off the path they may not have wandered that far it's hard to say not for me to judge anyway so we should just be happy for everyone when they come to God or, or return to God so but the idea here is is that you know God the Father he forgives us and he welcomes us back he's you know he's he's looking for the lost and then for those those of us who choose to walk away He's waiting for us to return, and he's watching for us to return, and he, he is extremely happy when we come back, and he rejoices over us. So, just like he rejoices over each lost person that comes to him, as seen in the other two parables. So, alright, so that's just a quick, hopefully not too long, talk there about uh, Luke 15, primarily, I, I, primarily, I admit, is primarily about the prodigal son, but... Uh, it just shows how God loves us and cares about us, even when we've wandered off, that he is you know, looking for us, waiting for us to show up, waiting for us to come back, and he's ready to rejoice and restore us. So, thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to stay safe. Always stay safe. And remember, God loves you.